Well, hello, and welcome back to the next podcast episode of Let's Open the Bible. It's Russ and it's Gavin, the co-owners of Let's Open the Bible. He says, uh, uh, in air quotes, co-owners. There's no owners. There are no owners. There's no Therefore, profit. we are co-owners. We're not prophets, the son of prophets, and don't make a profit. So That sounds like a street name. <laughs> that is my street name, yeah, which, by the way, is my street name. Uh, listener today, we're going to continue in the discussion already in progress from John chapter 6. We're going to look at the uh, next section beginning in John chapter 6, verse 22. And uh, today, I'm going to ask our friend Gavin uh, to read for us uh, from verse 22 through verse 26, and we'll just uh, maybe spend the next few episodes kind of working through some of this. Uh, I'm going to kick us off in prayer. All right. Sounds you, good. You okay over there? Uh, we, great. Let's do it. Fantastic. Let's pray. Uh, Lord, what a beautiful day you've given us today on this uh, Wednesday morning, the first day of November. Uh, Lord, we love you and we praise your holy name. Uh, Lord, we look forward to the opportunities that you provide us to be able to be in your word. Uh, Lord, uh, that just guides us in truth. Uh, Father, uh, help us uh, today, Lord, to be sharpened by your word, to be encouraged, uh, perhaps to be rebuked. Uh, by your word, to be corrected uh, and instructed. Uh, Father, your, your word is the source of all that is true because you are truth. You sanctify us by your truth. And so, Lord, today as we look into your word, I pray that you would guide as only you can. Bring to mind the things that need to be said. We ask this in Christ's precious name. Amen. Amen. All right. We are reading John 6, starting in verse 22. On the next day, the crowd that remained on the other side of the sea saw that there had been only one boat there and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone away alone. Other boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. So when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got into boats and went to Capernaum seeking Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Is that where we're stopping? 26? Uh, go ahead and read 27. Okay. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him, God the Father has set his seal. Very good. All right, well, let's talk about this. Uh, you know, we've been uh, talking about how in this Gospel of John, immediately it said, uh, I believe in verse 21, uh, the boat was at the land to which they were going. Right, so they're on the other side. Yep, but now it's the next day. Right. And uh, the people are still there, uh, the 5,000 plus women and children, uh, presumably. And, uh, and, you know, they start doing the math and, hey, wait a minute. There's only one boat. Jesus wasn't in the boat. What's going on? Yeah. I, I like how they're doing the math, and this is a thoughtful you know, process going on, you know, semi-thoughtful at least, in their head, and then they go to the other side, and they act you know, almost amazed and baffled. Now, you had considered this. You had thought about this, and I'm sure there was, you know, there was a lack of understanding fully what happened. I mean, no one expects a, a, a man to walk on water, and we know that Jesus was man, but all, uh, and also, not but also, and also God, vera homo vera deus, truly man, truly God. Um, but, but that's not the expectation, not of the disciples, not of the crowd, 
and, and we've said this before, Jesus operated most often normally. Most often he was in the boat rather than on the water. Most right. often he was feeding people by the disciples providing for them or you know the disciples provided the food for the meals. They would go and they would purchase it. Where were they when he was meeting with the woman at the well? You know, getting loaves and yeah, fishes. They were away purchasing stuff. They were so, at Walmart. So that, that's. <laughs> I think that's anachronistic. I don't think there were WalMarts back in those days. What? I love that. I love that. That's good. All right. Yeah. So they were at Walmart. Yep. Purchasing stuff. Get some batteries for flashlights. Right. Yes. Everything else. Yeah. So yeah, um, it, it's interesting. As you said, I think that. Uh, I mean, we agree that. If everything's a miracle, nothing's a miracle. So obviously most of what Jesus did would be what we call normal. I like how you remind us of that again. Yeah, there, there are people that just attribute everything that God does to a miracle. Yeah. And, and, uh, and certainly God is over all things, and nothing happens apart from his divine sovereign will. That's why not one sparrow falls to the ground apart from his will. Okay, we know that, Matthew 10. But uh, to say that he has gone against the natural order of things or um, reordered kind of the laws of physics and nature in order to make something occur. That is a miracle. And that is much more uh, rare happens much less often. So, so, so just for a, a, a quick example, most often people in your church are probably healed when they go to the doctor. Does that mean the healing is not of God? Absolutely. That is not what I'm saying. The healing is from God, but, um, and most often God uses the common grace of doctors and medicine to, to do those things. He uses means. He uses means. I know of a, a, of a pastor, don't know the pastor himself, but I know a firsthand account of somebody in that church, the pastor would, would chasten his congregation for going for cancer treatment. And how dare you? That's an absolute lack of faith. You should not, and many people in that congregation died with cancer because they were not going to be treated. That That's... God ordered the world in wisdom, and for this we are thankful. God ordered a world in which things are repeatable, and science is possible. You know, science is not the be-all and end-all. Science is not in... in uh, uh, it's not contrary to God. It is... Science is just looking at God's world, and because God made it in wisdom and things are repeatable and, and things are consistent, science is possible in God's world. It's just the definition of what's going on around you and, and the ability to work with those things because, again, God didn't make it one day you drop something and it goes down, the next time you drop it, it goes up, and the next time you drop it, it goes sideways, or that bones, every time you try to set them, heal differently. God ordered the world in wisdom, and it's not chaotic. That said, I, I do want to clarify something, and I don't think you mean this. I just want to make sure, uh, and maybe I should just speak for myself. Uh, my wife's a nurse, mm -hmm. um, and but she is a nurse that is resistant to taking medication. Uh, there, there should be a certain amount of wisdom used in discernment applied to listening. Yes, God calls, I believe, calls and equips medical personnel to be that you know, quote unquote, hands and feet, his hands and feet in the healing process, that doesn't mean we just blindly uh, take medication, that we just blindly listen. We, we need to be wise and discerning because uh, they're not always right. And so, you know, I don't think, Gavin, what you're saying is do everything the doctors tell you to do, but certainly they are often instruments in the Redeemer's hands uh, to bring about the healing process in our bodies. Yeah, I think that's a great aside and warning. I, I, I would I would add to that. Um, if there's one thing being in the pastoral ministry has taught me, um, you know, extra biblically maybe, is that 
doctors, though I appreciate them greatly, are very, very limited in their understanding of the human body. Very, very mundane issues in, in some with some congregation members, even itching skin. Doctors have been unable to determine why it is. Um, doctors are, you know, one minute they're like, and I've seen this repeatedly. It looks great. The cancer treatment's going great. And the next minute it's out of control. We don't know what happened. Uh, they, they cannot diagnose right. something. I have many times had congregation members come up to me and go, they don't know what's going on. They yeah. have no idea. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's maybe worse than having a diagnosis. Right. Oh, it is. It is. It's, it's just, it's, it's awful for some people. Uh, there's, there's a lady in our church right now that has multiple, uh, terminal illness is going on simultaneously. Her wow. whole body is attacking itself in various ways, and the doctors have no idea what's going on. None. They have. They cannot figure it out at all. So, God made the world in wisdom, and sin corrupted the world. Okay. So the, both of those things are true. Science is not the problem. The limitation of science is the problem. The limitation of our ability to understand and um, and and work within God's world is the problem. Yeah. So I love that we have doctors, but understand they're limited. That means that whenever they prescribe something to you, take it with discernment and the grain of salt. They're very limited. Appreciate them, not trying to speak down about doctors, but they're very limited in their understanding of the world. And by the way, science is not a seeking of the truth all the time, period. I, don't, I, 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 will, I will go to the mattresses over that one. Science is not an effort to determine scientists don't always make an effort to determine the truth. Go ahead. Sorry. Cause, and I want to explain that a little more, but you look. So when you go to the mattresses, are you seeking a nap? I've never heard that expression going to the mattresses. You've never heard that I've expression. Heard, I've heard the expression going to the mat, but never to a mattress. Are you, were you tired? Is this kindergarten? What's going on now? Now you've got me wondering, no, it's Godfather. You've never heard. The, you've never you're, you're wa- made an offer. You can't refuse. Yes, that's it. When I wake up tomorrow with a horse head in my bed, what's going on here? I think you're just pulling stuff out of uh, thin air. All right, go to the mattresses is a phrase Mario uh, Puzo. Is that how you pronounce that? A writer? Okay, he wrote The Godfather. Well, uh, used once in The Godfather, 1969. Puzo invented uh, much of the mafia lingo in the book, and no one used go to the mattresses before him. In the context, it's used. And only you have used it since. In the context, it's used go to the mat makes sense. The idea of buying mattresses when you're angry at a rival is ridiculous, right? So, yeah, it it is. Thanks for proving my point. No, it is. It's what he used. He He made it up. Sleepy time? Yeah. No. (laughs) No. We're getting away from the text. The point. The point is. Okay. Back uh, back to this. I I just want to make like one example. Um, Go to the mattresses. No, no, no. I will that scientists are not always about the truth. In fact, often are not about the truth. Right, because they're they not seeking an the agenda. Truth. They have an agenda. Thinking themselves to be wise, right. they became as fools. Right, and so so there's this thing about cough medication that um, that is not effective in the oral form, in the mist form, in the nasal spray form. It seems to be, but it's the the uh, PE decongestants, right, and phenylephrine or something like that, phenylephrine. But they've known that it's not been effective for a while now, and they still keep selling it. And they and and why why do they keep selling? Because it? it makes money. And why did they have to take the the uh, the uh, pseudofedrin instead of? Uh, I think that's it. Why did they have to take that off the shelves? Because people were abusing it for for crystal meth, meth I believe. Yeah. Meth, yeah, yeah. And so they have something that used to work. I don't know how well. Don't know but th- that they took off the shelves and replaced it with something that over time they realized didn't work, but they were selling it. So they kept it on the shelves. That's not science. 
And so, like you said, be discerning. What do they know? What do they know about COVID vaccines? I have no idea, but they know more than they're telling us. I would imagine. Let me say that. I know that they know more than they're telling us. I would imagine. And even if they're telling us everything they know, they're very limited. People, we're just limited. So you have to be discerning when you when you you know, go to a doctor. You have yeah. to be discerning. I don't advocate that you don't go to the doctor or that you don't take medication. I am advocating wisdom and discernment. Yes. Uh, and, and, and again, from, from a place where you're probably maybe, maybe not as wise as your doctor. So how do you, how do you operate from a place of wisdom and discernment when you know maybe less than the person that could be misleading you? That's, that's a, it's a it's sticky wickets. Yes. There you go. All right. So what's interesting here is, uh, you know, they're doing the math. They see one boat. They know Jesus wasn't in the boat. They're, you know, they got their shoes off. They're counting fingers and toes. They're figuring out, wait a minute, something happened here. Here's my question. At what point do we get from not being or get to not being astonished when Jesus does the miraculous? Like they had just witnessed that they uh, were fed as much as they wanted. Now, maybe not everyone there on the grassy knoll knew that there was only five loaves and two fish. How many were on the grassy knoll? Uh, 5,000 plus women and children. <laughs> they didn't all have guns. No, no, I know. But there was Man, at least one. You're just throwing a wrench in the whole thing. That's right. Uh, yeah, all right. I, so, I took so us on back. a left turn. I, so, I, but I think at that's what a very point, interesting question. You know, at what point do we get past being astonished? Like, Okay, the 5,000, I get it. Not all of them knew that there was only five fish, but the 12 did. Okay, so, so how would you answer that? I don't know. I, 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 think we, I think we should be astonished. I think miracles should astonish us. They're, they're, they're not normal. You, you don't see them every day. They should astonish us. Yeah, and but they you're not normal, and you don't astonish me. <laughs> I'm over it. <laughs> I'm, I'm abnormally normal. No, I'm no. normally abnormal. Yes, I'm very normally abnormal. Okay, uh, emphasis on ab. I think I think I think we should be amazed at these things. The, the, the problem is for me when people doubt the hand of God. Ha, yeah. Has his arm become shortened? Right. No. Could he not provide? Yes. So why doesn't he provide? If if, if you feel like okay, you know, I, I've been praying and praying and praying and praying and praying. Well, could be not yet that time. It's not the fullness of time for that that thing to happen. Two, it could be not for your good, and we see these both of these examples repeatedly in Scripture. There's a delay, or or it's or it is not for your good, and God loves you enough not to give you those things. But to ever doubt that He is able, I think that's that's the question that you're asking, because miracles are rare. We should be astonished, amazed, not that He is able to do it, but that He does it, that He did it, right, right. But I think what what your your concern is that we often drift towards where we're shocked that he is able to do it. Right. And and, and doesn't the, that come kind of stem from a seed of doubt? Sure, yes, but but uh, I, because I'll forget this. I think the biggest problem is then when you stop praying to a big god. That's a good point. When you pray, you know, to a small god, um as you've heard it said, putting god in a box, placing limits on god. Right. Well, you know, the, the the most tragic example of this is um, I knew a girl that was assaulted, and I'll and I'll use it. Um, I'll use semi child sensitive words as we discuss this for anybody that may have children listening. But had a uh, she as a young girl was assaulted by uh, family members, extended family members, um, repeatedly and throughout time, mm. and um, she. I, when I worked in a, a, a mental health facility, she got to a place where she was despaired even of life. Wow. And so when she left the unit, 
uh, still alive, but she, she left the unit um, in, in a very tragic situation, left the unit. I had to pick up her stuff. And she, and she lived in, and, and there's, there's a happy part of this story, which I cannot get into, but there's a happy part of this story. But um, when I picked up her stuff, her, her, there was a page open, and it just said, um, she prayed to a very small God. I, I, I want to leave it vague. There's confidentiality issues and stuff like that. But she prayed to a very, very small God. And it broke my heart. But then you hear people, Christians, pray to, to a small God daily. Right. He spoke and not even in a way we understand. I mean, that speak that 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 requires some explanation, which we're not going to get into now. He spoke, and the universe came into existence. We've talked about that apparent window in in the stars and sky where you can look out, and thirty five billion light years of known galaxy exist. And 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 God, I think God, honestly, if you ask me why that's there, why there's this thinning of stars in a certain area of the sky, a window of God, just a window to show off. Yeah. Do you understand what God can do in your life? Why do we pray to a small God? And I think maybe some of it comes from we're not we don't expect that he can do or will do or still does miracles. The, and the other ex- part of that is we're not used to forty years in the wilderness. We're used to Burger King. And I don't know what I mean by that. What do I mean? Oh, you can have it your way, right away, right away. You rule. <laughs> that just throws me every time. Now I'm like, no. I, w- I honestly want to scream back at the thing. I don't rule. God rules. I said the exact same thing Sunday. It's funny you said that. Oh my goodness. Yes. Yes. So, oh, we're, we're over time for today, but I think we come back and maybe go a few more verses, but we come back to it. Round two. Round two. All right. Listener, thanks for joining us. We look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow. Till then, be blessed.